Best friendhood. Best friend. 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 You're my best friend. You're my best friend. Best friendhood. Oh, the twentieth is a Thursday. Oh, that's a recording day, my dude. I know. Okay. Seems like it's in the cards. It sure does. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, my chair is like... It's really squeaky. Let me hear your chair talk, chair talk. It's... I want to hear your chair talk. Ooh, chair talk, talk, talk. Talk squeaky to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were so many hot dads in Menards the other day. Save big money mm. at my... Nards. Mm-hmm. I used to sing that when I was a wee tiny baby, Melissa. Same. Is when I that? was also a wee tiny baby, Melissa. Nards. Nard dog. So how much fun did you have at Menards? Uh, I got some really random stuff that I didn't actually need. Dude, like Menards is almost as bad as Target runs. Yeah. it. There's something about it that I enjoy so much. I will walk that entire store. Did also couldn't find the little itty bitty tiny thing that i needed but when i found it it was the last one and i yoinked that shit before some boomers could get it because they were looking at the other side going well here's the humidifiers and i was like i see all of the liquid humidifier treatment stuff that i do not want to put in my water and then i saw the last crunched beat up box (laughs) of the little like tablet that you put in the uh your humidifier to like take away the hard water minerals and stuff yeah oh and I was like, excuse me. You. I was like, I went there to try to find uh, rooting powder for oh, plant yeah. cuttings mm-hmm. and whatnot. And, you know, you go on to their website and it says that it's in stock. Right. And I searched everywhere. And even the employee was that I finally grabbed because it's very difficult to find one of those there. For real. <laughs> like ridiculously They're difficult. They're always hiding. Uh, which I don't blame them. There's a lot of cool places to hide in there. Up in the top, like amongst the patio furniture and inflatables. That would be fun. You just looked like that gif of that little baby girl who's eating cotton cotton candy candy at the baseball game. That's how I felt. (laughs) Your tea a little strong there, boo? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But there was one little bottle of rooting powder left and he had to like straight up Jim Henson his arm into that shelving unit. Oh my God. (laughs) I can't remember what the cool thing was that I found there. A plant? But I found a... No, I got that at Walmart. Oh. $15 like really nicely grown beautiful healthy fiddle leaf plant yeah (sighs) and i checked it really closely for aphids and Mm. for spiders and there were nothing or spider mites i guess yes because spiders are a-okay spider mites can suck a dick yeah i still sprayed it down with neem oil when i got it home always smart because there might be you know like those little eggies or whatever exactly now i have it up next to my christmas tree and i think it looks real pretty there fiddle leaf fig tree and an artificial christmas tree it is a fiddle leaf fig yes okay that's what i thought but i was like this surely isn't the same thing as the fiddle leaf fig yeah usually people don't say fiddle leaf fig tree it's either a fig tree or fiddle leaf see in my brain it's always fiddle leaf fig really yeah i've never i've always just called it a fiddle leaf your brain's not weird it's different it's weird in a good way that i enjoy and appreciate most of the time well done okay so that face that i made i have what is it like cinnamon apple oh tea yes cinnamon apple spice tea delightful it is cozy cozy cold month in a cup yep oh i love it so much it smells divine tastes divine hell yeah but i may have been a little heavy-handed with the bourbon well i loved that you (laughs) were about to pick it up and walk downstairs with me and you go oh i I need to put the tea bag in it (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that would have just been hot water and bourbon (laughs) (laughs) the worst kind of hot toddy (laughs) yes put it in your body a little hot toddy yeah (laughs) i have a question for you i would love one if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. <laughs> Rabbit in a hit. If I could change one thing about myself, probably it would be like, um, I was going to say it'd be mental. Um, but like, <laughs> like hey, the, therapy, maybe like um, those inherent biases. I wish those mm. were gone. Wow. You know? Yeah. I love that. That's a really good answer. That's what I would. That's what I would change if I could just erase them and not have to like not work have to work so hard exactly to notice them to first and... of all recognize that you're mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah, and then notice 
the things that kind of trigger you falling into them. Because mm-hmm. that is work. It is. And it's calling yourself out in the best way. Yeah. To be better, you know. So I think, because sometimes I, yeah, I get a little sassy. Everyone's a little bit racist sometimes. <laughs> Doesn't mean oh we go around God. committing hate crimes. <laughs> what is this from? If you're racist a little bit, I don't remember the rest of the words. Uh, it's from the internet is for porn. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Avenue Q. Avenue Q, yeah. <laughs> Cute. So I think we have to go see that together if Most it's ever likely. traveling again. Listen. Because now I we've re- both sang a song from it on the show. I remember my uncle sent me a picture when he was in New York in like when that show was first opening to advertise it they covered yellow taxi caps with orange muppet fur ew but that's i mean like because the play has <laughs> right, yeah, puppets it, in it like that's all it is yeah so that's what they did for oh avenue q isn't that kind of fun that's wild yeah oh that had to be so gross most likely <laughs> i can just imagine like fabric just outside getting wet in new, in york, new york absorbing all of the odors of God. new york rats coming up to take some of the fur for their nest <laughs> pizza rat literally being like this is my moment pizza rat made uh, a fur cape a fur cape thank you oh yes. for sure it's for not, sure it's not the iron throne it's the muppet fur throne for this rat only comfort for my brethren <laughs> oh your turn question time yeah hey speaking of comfort how comfortable are you speaking in front of large groups of people it depends on what i'm speaking about fair I always get a little bit nervous. Just, I think, I think that's natural and normal. Yeah. Like I can speak in front of a crowd and be a little anxious, but once I get up there and I get going, I'm mm-hmm. fine. Probably year and a half, I would say. I've done a lot more speaking mm-hmm. um, through my job, presenting on mental health and working with trans and the LGBTQ plus communities. So like that's a presentation, that's a talk that I am so comfortable giving, so knowledgeable on and feel comfortable in my knowledge. Yeah. And I, I typically use the same PowerPoint, but I before every time I give this the talk, I update it with the most recent data. Sure. So I guess that would be like the only place where I get a little like, uh, but I just own it. Like part of being a therapist, in my opinion, is modeling for people how to gracefully make a mistake. Like if I say something or interpret something incorrectly from a client, what do you think is going to be more therapeutic for their experience of that? To have a therapist who gets a little defensive and will know what I meant was, or to say, oh, okay, so this is what you heard. Let me rephrase it because I didn't mm-hmm. say it in, a, in the right way. Because that first way can either be triggering uh-huh. or completely like it can uh, disengage a person from trust and conversation right. Right. with that yeah. therapist. Well, and it also plays off of going back to internal biases. It plays off of the inherent power dynamic between client mm-hmm. and therapist. Therapist. We should all be working to be on equal ground yes. with our clients, meeting them where they are, knowing that they are the experts of their lives. We are the experts on mental health, but never with the presumption that we are over a client. Like that's so wrong. And so if a therapist is holding that and their ego gets more attention from that rather than correcting themselves and and being humble, I feel like that, that provides more effective way of experiencing humans differently which is a really key part oh, of therapy for sure because it's i mean especially in the age of the internet where oof you know yeah it, internet comments and mm-hmm. forums and whatever they get ugly real fast and oh, yeah. you know so to have a real face-to-face conversation where somebody is gracious in that manner of like mm-hmm. you know i think i made a mistake in saying this or I missed the mark and let me try and correct it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I take that same tack when I'm giving a presentation. If I do make a mistake, if I flub over a word or something, I I simply point it out and say, yep, yep, I'm human too. Let me try Mm -hmm. that again. And then carry on. Like it's not worth expending the energy trying to hide it or making a big deal out of it. It's just not worth it. Own it. Correct it move on and i feel like being that way especially when you're talking in front of a large group of people not only does it put them at ease that you're not some stuck up hoity-toity person also that puts your own self at ease being like oh yeah 
I messed up. And mm-hmm. then it's like, well, if I already messed up, I guess, you know, that's the worst it can be. Right, right. on. Let's keep on trucking. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's it kind of lovely. inherently like lifts my confidence because then and it's the, like, oh, like, whew, the, entire the mistake atmosphere. is out of the way. Yeah. You know, to be able to be, to be able to laugh at oneself, especially when you're in front of a group of people, like that gentle self-deprecation. Right. Yeah. Really helps to endear you sure. to an audience. Very much so. Yeah. As long as I like that you included gentle. Yes. Because yeah. Full on self deprecation. That makes people uneasy. Really uneasy. Yeah. When you're just tearing yourself to shreds, oof, that's not that's not funny. That's mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Yeah. And nobody likes that. No. You know, just real quick and random. Yeah. There have been a few times when I had to speak in front of some people and I was gently hungover. Baller, dude. I gave two fucks. It's like really? what we just talked about, but because of a gentle hangover brain. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Like my stress level was way down about everything like, because whatever. Yeah. Because <laughs> instead of worrying about stress, I was worrying about like, is my face flush? Am I sweating? Oh God, I hope I don't fart. <laughs> you know, which takes away everything else. You're able to just right. talk in front of people. Oh my God. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think there was like two or three times where I did that. <laughs> So this is a good follow-up question to that discussion. What's something that you are self-conscious about? My body, my body, my body. Oh, so maybe I should have asked these in a different order. I mean, it's, oh, it's fine. I mean, I've had body issues for, since I was a preteen, you know, had some eating disorders and I still struggle with proper eating habits and yeah, self-body image. It's tough, dude. It is. And we've talked about that a little bit before and i know that we are planning on on dedicating an episode to being friends yes, with your body very much so and and we're gonna have a very very wise and special guest for that oh my God, amazing and yeah. i'm so excited you all have already somewhat met her <laughs> somewhat somehow okay yeah it keeps the mystery oh i see what you mean yeah so i am trying to get better at it because like every once in a while you know and First, I want to say this. It becomes a different kind of difficult, especially as our bodies start to show aging. Mm-hmm. Because then not only are you unhappy with what you're already unhappy with, with your youthful body. Right. But now you're looking older. Yeah. Now it's like compounding upon itself. Yes. That like, oh, these underlying issues are now still there. Then mm-hmm. with new friends at the party of self-loathing. Yes. Neat. So I'll find myself like, you know, it's something that, like I mentioned, it's something that I continuously work at because I've had these like thought patterns and whatnot mm-hmm. since I was very young. Like I'll look in the mirror and I'll just go, I am ugly. And I'll go, no. Today, I just don't look my best. You know, just something to to stop. Because I think we've actually talked about it before. We're like, you have to change the way that you talk to yourself. It's so important to talk to yourself like you are talking to your best friend. Yep. Um. So I've been trying, like, oh, man, sometimes it's tough, too. You know, because your girl can get a little wild. <laughs> and <laughs> just not take a shower or wash my hair for a few days on end. And, you know, self-care can be difficult when you're underneath a lot of stress mm-hmm. and everything else. But anyway, yeah, trying to make the effort or like, you know, when clothes don't fit the same way that they used to a few months ago, like, mm-hmm. well, because I'm just fat, I'm fat, I'm fat. I'm like, you know what? I've gained some weight and we're going to work on it. It's okay. You know, like just these little things because it's fucking tough. Because mm-hmm. you've had those messages. Uh, fed very... to myself or fed to me, you know. By society. From, yeah. We've got a couple themes going already today. Those are, I would argue, along the same level as an implicit bias that you learn unconsciously. Because it's almost like it's instinctual. Like, I don't yes. even, it just, as soon as I see myself, that's what pops into my brain. I'm like, exactly. fuck me, man. Mm-hmm. No bueno. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on it. Yeah, good. Yeah. Because there are some days when your girl looks real fucking fine. Uh, Yeah. Yeah smoke show you know i did read this one thing once and i really loved it it said the secret to being super fucking hot is looking like trash most days (laughs) so then you can put in minimal effort and people are like oh my god i once worked with a young lady god 12 years ago that was her whole motto hell yeah dude she would show up on monday i mean we worked at like a clothing stores distribution center Mm mm-hmm and 
on Mondays, she would show up like everybody else, you know, worn jeans, hair undone, no makeup, whatever. Tuesdays, makeup, hair done, professional, casual attire. Like, she fucking rocked it every Tuesday and every Friday. See you next Tuesday. (laughs) So I asked her about it once when we became friends, and I quickly learned, like, Friday was because... Going out day. Yeah. She didn't drink. We weren't... God, I don't think we were even 20 yet. But she would go out with her friends, and... She always looked hella cute. That way she wouldn't have to like go home from work, change. Mm -hmm. She could just like meet them at the restaurant or whatever. But Tuesdays, her whole thing was, if I look like shit on Monday, I look like shit on Wednesday and Thursday, nobody's going to notice because on Tuesday, it's like they get amnesia. I look (laughs) hot as fuck and they don't remember that I do it every Tuesday. That's like today I had a conference Mm -hmm. uh, that I went to. And usually at my day job, I roll in sweatpants, hoodie, Hair in a bun. Right. Maybe mascara? Most likely not. Uh, but today, you know, full face makeup, hair done. Uh, I wore amazing slacks, very great high heeled shoes, a vest, and a suit jacket. And I, you know, well, I had to work today too. Right. So rolling in and people were like, what are you doing? <laughs> I have a conference today. Oh, wow. Thank you. I know. <laughs> my ass be popping, my vest be mm-hmm. hopping, and what's this? Your girl be dropping. <laughs> yeah. I anyway. loved that vest when Thank you sent me you. that Snapchat. That was fun. Yeah. Okay, so wow, we are really answering mm. questions today. I forgot I had another one coming. You got another one coming. And they don't stop coming until you hit the... But, but, but. That was great. I, here's what happened. I just tripped over my words. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go back and try it again. Please do. No, no try it again. <laughs> no. Because the hits stop coming and they don't stop coming. That's where I lost it. I don't remember what comes after that. Well, how about this? Are you afraid of needles? Yes and no. Okay. Um, For like three or four years, I gave myself oh, yeah. injections every mm-hmm. other day. Uh, of drugs. Of drugs. Yes. Drugs to help my allergies. <laughs> I was just going to say intravenous drugs. Uh, at, actually, these were intramuscular. Damn it. Or not intramuscular. What is it? Subcutaneous? No. Into the fat. Like, I would have to inject it into the fatty part of my arm. Yeah. So, like, uh, not quite your tricep. Right. Yeah. Like, where that's not defined. And holy shit. Like, ooh, girl. Is that because you've been doing your push-ups for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital? I can't even find, like, my pinchy spot. Like, that is... Whoa. All right, Hulk. <laughs> Why don't you brag some more? <laughs> <laughs> That's my Hulk noise. Jacob Smash! Whee! <laughs> I go to smash something. Nothing happens to the thing, but glitter explodes everywhere out of my fist. <laughs> you go, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So with that, like, I didn't hate needles. Obviously, I have multiple tattoos. Don't hate those needles. Actually, yeah. really enjoy those needles in a weird, like, weird way. Making it sexual over here! Oh, not like that. Like, it's, it's a pain that is, like, so distinct and unique and I know that it's it's adding something creative to my body that I like that's, that's what I was just gonna say is like you know what accompanies that exactly yeah like it's, it's just a like worthwhile you do for your pain. allergies you yeah, knew what yes. accompanied that needle mm-hmm. yeah but whenever I have to get blood drawn or Ooh. somebody else like the nurse would have to give me my first allergy shot for every vial just to make sure like things weren't gonna I wasn't gonna go to anaphylaxis um important yes oh very important very grateful for her. Um, she also has a Patricia that rides around in her Jeep. It is a skeleton that she dresses up based on the season. So it's Patricia's grandmother. Yeah. decomposition. Yeah. Hey-o. It's a thing. Yeah. I wonder if their eye sockets are similar shaped. Anyway. <laughs> and close together. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. Um, so, but when somebody else is, is approaching me with a needle, I cannot look. I will either throw up or mm-hmm. faint. And I don't know why. Like, I used to give um, plasma. I used to donate plasma. Yeah. And um, out of curiosity, the first time I had to watch the whole process, and I got so, like, weirdly queasy from it. okay. That I learned, like, okay, I just can't watch this ever again. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I hear you on that, though, because, like, I don't mind it either, but I've noticed that, like, if I'm receiving a shot or, you know, whatnot, I tend to look away just because two things that, oh, sorry, this is going to be Skip weird. ahead 30 seconds if you get queasy listening to shot 
stories. Yeah. So the part that I really don't like is when the needle is pressing against the skin and then it pops like that skin tension and it pops up. That for some reason grosses me the fuck out. And then especially for blood draws, watching it fill up. I'm like, no, that's leaving my body. Oh, see, that part doesn't face me. Like, it's just like. And you, the thought of it doesn't bother me. Yeah. First, watching it leave my body, that's an issue. Okay. So same with the tension. Like even in a movie, I oh, can't yep. do it. There's like, I can do something all sorts so of gross about it. Obscenely awful, like hostile or saw movie gore. Oh, yeah. Totally fucking fine. Yeah. Watching a needle pop through Absolutely skin. Absolutely not. Cannot. Nope. nope, nope, nope. That is my personal hell. Correct. But when the phlebotomist is filling the the little vial of my blood i'm not grossed out by that i'm fascinated i have like the same thought but opposite reaction instead of like oh my god that's leaving my body i'm going oh my god that was in my body where it belongs yeah like (laughs) wow if it weren't for this experience these cells would never get to travel have fun friends also goodbye the fact like i'll be making more of you later bonjour (laughs) bonjour (laughs) hope that you get to help somebody fantastic off you to (laughs) say i love hanging out with you you're fun (laughs) so are you yeah if i ever met a vampire i'd be like um Yes, but we have to hold a mirror because I want to watch that shit leave. And you wouldn't be able to see the vampire, so it would just be watching your blood like exactly. go down their esophagus. That is exactly it. That is exactly <laughs> what I was picturing. We're back to a vampire podcast, Jacob. <laughs> oh my God, it finally happened. <laughs> Episode four, welcome back. <laughs> Please, welcome to the stage. Vampire podcast 3000. That sucked. Your energy was good. Well, yeah, it's the first time I've had energy all day. I'm so proud of you. Thanks. Dude, for real, I was sincerely going to be like, you are ill. First of all, don't fucking come over because I got a busy week next week. Mm -hmm. Second of all, no, truly, first of all, would have been like, I was like, if you are ill, stay home, take care of you. We will figure out something. Yeah, I'm not ill. I'm just, I think I'm burnt out. That's all. Yeah. Well, that's kind of why we got today's topic, my dude. Yeah. Uh, actually that was this is like the perfect segue um you're gonna hate me no i know i'm prepared let me say my segue first yes of course so it's so weird to me that we had these particular questions and oh yeah they were just drawn off the top i know but and then the conversations that have ensued it's like the universe was guiding us to today's topic of it's kismet it's kismet it's because her name is Because what we're talking about today is learning to listen to your body. And just to give you a preview before we go to the break, about a year ago was when we talked about uh, seasonal affective disorder and and things to do to manage that. And with winter being here again and everything that we've had been going on, I realized today that I have not been listening to my body and caring for myself in the way I typically do. And so we had the idea to discuss the importance of listening. To your body, yada, 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 yada. Exactly. Now, let's that's go That's Jake. And that's Melissa. <laughs> and this is it's break best. time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> was like, you got to biff it the other day. I, I wanted to biff I it. I didn't biff it. I did that fully on purpose. That's true. That's true. Ooh, and people were not pleased. I was. This <laughs> is Best, best Friendhood. Where we do love you. Okay, we'll be back. Bye. Back, back, back again. <laughs> I love it when you do that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay. Are you ready to, to dive in? Yes. Let's dive in body first. Let's get physical, physical. Boop-a-doo. By the way, we were listening to that song earlier because we were trying to figure out what song the wor- the lyrics, let me, let me hear, hear your, your body, body talk, talk yeah. comes from. I was like, we both knew it was a song. And I was like, I think it's physical by Olivia Newton-John, R.I.P. were... Oh, I forgot that she's yeah, passed. I know. That was just earlier this year, was it not? Like maybe a month or two ago. I feel like that was really recent. Didn't I make, didn't I yell about like, where is her? Yes, you did. Okay, like twice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they know. And I know. And I know. So I have been having like weird back issues today. Yeah. And so Melissa got me a little heating pad, which is so nice. Good. But as we were listening to that, I was starting to move and groove. And Melissa goes, Jake, stop. You're going to throw out your back. You're, as getting, I'm, you're getting too groovy with it. <laughs> as I'm sitting here prone, pressed up against the back of the chair, <laughs> holding the heating pad. Okay. I'm sorry. But when you say, here I am prone, it makes oh, me Oh, prone feel is like, laying down, isn't it? Well, to me, I think of when I go to the gynecologist. Prone. Legs and stirrups open up. Oh, that's like laying down. 
Sure. You're laying back for that. Uh, so no, not prone. That's the incorrect phrase, word, whatever. <laughs> I've had a lot of bourbon tea. Oh, you have not had a lot. <laughs> no, I haven't. Not yet. You had this? No. Okay. Thank you. I've got a mental list. Well, you know me and mental lists don't happen well, so I'm making a list, checking in twice, <sighs> gonna make sure I say all these things nice. Melissa's brain needs visual cues. Well done. Thanks. This is the first year that I, one, didn't set up a Christmas tree. Okay, first year in two years that I didn't set up a Christmas tree the week before Thanksgiving. (laughs) And I haven't listened to a single Christmas song. Bless. Yeah. I told Siri to play the jazz Christmas Apple Music playlist on my drive home from work today. And... As soon as it started, I was like, no, I fucking cannot. I can't. And I love Christmas music jazz. Like, no lyrics, just instrumental. I love that. Okay, okay. To me, it's like so warm and cozy. Again, I'm all about cozy. Which, okay, funny sidebar. My brother and sister-in-law ordered me a gift for Christmas, and it arrived today. And the return label just said, Happy Higa, H-Y-G-G-E. How do you pronounce that word? Say it one more time. H-Y-G-G-E. It's it's like Swedish or Finnish. Higa? I don't know. Higa? We talked about it, I think. Did we not? No, not with me. Okay. Well, it's the whole concept of just being cozy. It's like a whole aesthetic. Oh, it's an aesthetic? Yeah. Because I remember that comedian... He's very tall, very large man. It's a British comic who does Taskmaster. He right. and somebody else, I think, did a video on that where they just got drunk, stayed inside, watched movies, mm-hmm. cozied up with wool blankets. Yeah. And I think I shared that video with you. You did. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. And they just got drunk and ate snacks and hung out bro style. <sighs> Which is all I want for us, but not the bro style. The best friendhood style with our best friendhood sweaters. Okay. I really wish we had hoodies. Well, I was just going to say, we either get them printed or you and I can try to knit each other sweaters. Oh my God, let's do it. <laughs> let's fucking do it. After Christmas, there's nothing to live for until March. New Year's. After New Year's, there's nothing to live for until March. <laughs> it's just cold and bleak. Even March is yucky. Yeah. What's in March? St. Patrick's Day. Is it? Yeah. March 17th. Every year. Oh. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so they got me this gift. It said Happy Higa on it. And I opened it and it was gift wrapped on the inside. So pretty. Oh. And which if it wasn't, I was just going to wrap it for myself. <laughs> what? So I have a present under the tree. Oh, so you didn't open it. Yeah. No, no, I didn't open it. I don't know what it is. I'm going to wait until oh, Christmas. That's delightful. Merry Chrysler. Well done. Happy Christmas. <laughs> Merry uh, Christmas. <laughs> it has taken me 34 years to gain that level of self-control. I was but just going to say done it. kudos to that self-control because my dude, I love gifts. I love presents. I know. So, okay. So back to my original story. This mm-hmm. was kind of like leading into how, like where I came up with the idea to talk about listening to our bodies. Yes. So I think I talked on here a few weeks ago, probably, maybe a month ago, about how I've just been feeling kind of bleh, like just meh, just kind of bleh, not quite depressed, but not my normal self by any means. Sure. And for the last several weeks, I've been really ignoring these cues that I get from my body that I need to slow down and just take some time to truly rest, not just like the evening after work, like shower, supper, the office, but Mm -hmm. like truly intentionally taking time to do things for me that fill my cup because I haven't really been doing them as often as I typically do. And so when I was in the car today and I started that Christmas song, or Christmas playlist, I guess. And I realized I, like, it was like devil song that you hate. No! It was that, like, visceral rejection of sound. And that's not me. I'm Linda fucking Belcher. Oh, when your music started? Yeah. Oh. Like, it wasn't that song, but that was my reaction when... Oh, I understand. Like, a Christmas song or something came on. And I was like, nope, no. So then I got home, and I was farting around, feeding the cats, and I realized, like, my body has been telling me for weeks now that something is off my energy levels haven't been right i haven't been sleeping right my appetite's been weird like i know we have a plan to talk about being friends with your body yes 
But for me, I need to talk about listening to our bodies. Yeah. Like, so there's a little selfish in today's topic because I feel like I need this. (laughs) Babe, (laughs) I think every week there's a modicum of selfishness in our podcast. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, it is literally a podcast about our friendship. (laughs) And I know, I know. know, And other things attached to it, you know, the world. That was an early fear of mine that I had, that we would run out of topics and end up just talking about how much we love each other which would that we do be so bad <laughs> no but i think it would not help listenership true because that would be really hard to connect to anyway so that that's kind of where where i was coming from for today's topic yeah. and why i'm sitting on a heating pad and got scolded for dancing well you were just wiggling a little bit too much and you were like <laughs> you had just told me that your vertebrae was popping out of your lower back it freaking <laughs> felt like it i believe that have you gone to a chiropractor well first of all have you gone to a chiropractor before um, I did when I was, I think, 15 or 16 oh, for wow. a wrestling injury. I went like four or five times and then he was like, okay, you're good. Goodbye. Huh. Yeah. I've throughout my whole life always gone to a chiropractor. Hmm. Like my family, like that's something that we mm-hmm. believe in as treatment for our bodies. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so did your chiropractor use its uh, a gauging tool, if you will, and it looks kind of like, um, you know, like a blood pressure cuff has that. Or the oh, old yeah. ones used to have like uh-huh. a, a that dial right. measurement thing. Mm-hmm. So it kind of looks like that uh, with like a, almost like a temperature gauge on it with mm. a needle. And then it has two prongs at the bottom of it. And those two prongs go on either side of your spine. Mm-hmm. And so they take it, they usually start, start wherever on your body, but uh, along your back and they'll go down your spine. And when the needle goes up, it's registering like, there is abnormal heat in this area. So that's probably oh, where like inflammation. Yeah. Your inflammation or your huh. issue, it helps them to target in on where misalignment might be. Interesting. No. Yeah. So my current chiropractor does not use that, but my old one who is kind of skeevy, to be honest, Ooh. did use it. Interesting. No, the only thing that I remember my old chiropractor using, oh, and I had such a crush on him. He was like the main chiropractor's son and he had just finished chiropractic school. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was so pretty. Mm. And they know how to move your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little 14 year old gay me was just like, oh my God, I'm being touched by a man. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> they did x-rays mm-hmm. and, yeah. and that was all I remember them doing. Oh. But it's been 20 years, so I don't... I believe in them. I know some people truly do not. True. Yeah, some people... But I've seen, like, what it has done for people, and I know how it's affected me Mm -hmm. well. But I guess one video that for people who are like, oh, we never go here to her, there is this... He was a teenager, and he had incurred a uh, injury while he was helping on his family's farm and he was stuck bent yes i've seen over this for months and months and months and months and months right finally went to a chiropractor and they helped him like obviously this also took months yeah of daily adjustments but oh he was gosh. finally able to stand stand erect again mm-hmm. a teenager my dude i don't know if you sent me that or if we watched I it did. together yeah. but i i have seen that video so I'll be honest, full disclosure, mm-hmm. I am a skeptic when it comes to chiropractors. That's totally understandable. I, I've read a little bit about how the practice was started, and it kind of had some less than evidence-based foundations, but I would assume that in the 80 or 100 years or more since then, that's, I'm sure, has changed. And I also, like, and it's expanded, like, just like they can expand (laughs) with some of their decompression tools or um, Mm -hmm. modes of helping you, like, oh, man, decompression feels amazeballs. Because, literally, we stand or we sit Mm -hmm. all of the time. Right. Gravity is a thing. It's a force to be reckoned with. (laughs) (laughs) So decompression helps to you know mm-hmm. obviously decompress your spine yeah. and the way that that feels i mean you can literally regain up to an inch by Whoa. decompressing your spine yeah maybe i'll try it out i think it's covered on my new insurance policy that'll start next month noise 
Yeah, I enjoy it. Or if nothing else, they can help you. Um, like if you have an issue or like your bad posture is kind of causing some pain in an area, they can help you address it and okay. help give you some like guidance hmm. on practices to help build muscles to help you hold a better posture sure and, you know and i know for me my neck because i'm pretty sure when i was younger rough housing with my brothers mm-hmm. i got slammed into you remember those couches that like had the random woodwork on oh, the top yeah. and on the armrests we had one of those too and it had like the orange and brown and cream <laughs> yes. everybody like everybody's one family member of yours had this sofa we were that family yeah yeah uh well i got slammed into that and i hit my neck on the wood part and so instead of your neck kind of has a natural curve to it like this right mine kind of curves the other way really yeah huh yeah interesting so my chiropractor took x-rays yeah helped guide me like so this is kind of where we're at we can either do really rigorous uh like have a plan Mm -hmm. of adjustments and some like physical therapy basically yeah or you know i mean Try to do it on your own. But this is what we see. This is what we think. Good luck. Huh. Whether you come back or not. Interesting. Yeah. You just reminded me when I was, uh, I think it was like the year, the summer I moved here. Some friends of mine from my first college came up to visit me. Have I ever, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast. Maybe I've told it to you. This friend of mine picked me up over his shoulders like a sack of potatoes. You have, I already know where this is going. You've yes. told me this because I freaked out. That's right. Yep. I remember telling you this. Now. I wanted you to tell me this person's name and where they live so I could beat them the fuck up. Literally don't know. I okay. can tell you his nickname. So he picked me up and there was like a gentle incline behind my apartment building and he started spinning with little 120, 25 pound me. He started spinning after drinking and stepped in a hole and I landed like directly, like my chin was against my chest. I landed my full body weight on my neck. Oh my God. You're so lucky that you didn't fucking get paralyzed. I couldn't move my legs for several minutes. Like I had to just lay there and yell at them not to touch me because they yes, were like wanting to pick me up. that's the most important thing. No, 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 no. It was lifeguard for a long time. Neck and back injuries are super common in swimming pools. Don't fucking touch me. Mm -hmm. Don't move me. Fortunately, my feeling came back. And then being 19 and underinsured, I'd never, never went and saw anybody about it. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway. So I'm curious, like, what does your body, like, how do you know when you need to go get an adjustment? Oh, so oftentimes for me, it's, it's usually like... Um, just above where my shoulder blades would meet at mm-hmm. the base of my neck, kind of. Mm-hmm. I, that's where I have an issue. Or even right above where my hips are. Oh, yeah. Like those vertebrae. Okay. Because I sit all the time and mm-hmm. I probably, you know, like I could, I could do better at moving my body in like a stretching regimen of like, uh, you know, lower back, toss, you know, <laughs> lay yeah. down, toss your leg over and look oh, the other that's way. that's one of my favorite stretches to do. Yeah. So, or there's sometimes, like, I remember when I was in my early 20s and, like, I woke up one day and I literally could not turn my head. Like, I fell asleep on my stomach hmm. and, and slept with, like, my head turned just on the mattress and I woke up and I couldn't move oh, my, my neck. Oh, my God. So I had to call my grandpa and be like, Grandpa, will you drive me to... <laughs> town with my chiropractor in it 30 minutes away oh my I, god i couldn't drive because i couldn't turn my right. head yeah i would have just i would have just been looking out my driver's side window <laughs> while i was trying to drive down the highway not smart so my grandpa took me into town <laughs> wow. to go get an adjustment and it didn't help right away i think because my muscles had tightened oh of course so much around it so uh if i had maybe like had a heating pad or gentle massage mm-hmm. to loosen those muscles and then mm-hmm. realign dang that sucked so bad that would be really scary it kind of was and so painful so yeah that's kind of how i know mm-hmm. but i also wanted to talk about some of the things that were like your body isn't screaming at you right. it's like it's like how a ripple can become a tidal wave yeah yes but in that slow progression Mm-hmm. are quote-unquote normal changes it's like that really awful saying um 
Putting a frog in water. Boiling. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Putting a frog in boiling water. It's going to try that. and run away. Yeah. You put the frog in tepid water and slowly increase the temperature. Because, yeah, your your normal, your, your status quo mm-hmm. adjusts and it's so incremental that you don't typically notice it until it's really bad, which is exactly where I'm at today. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, friends, I took a bath before coming over here to record tonight, like just a really hot bubble bath. And I fell asleep for an hour in the bathtub. I already yelled at him. Don't worry about it. I was, I woke up an hour later, still holding my book in one hand above the water (laughs) with my feet really tensely pressed against the, like the end of the tub so now my heels feel like they're bruised it's like your body knew that you accidentally fell asleep in water and it's like dumbass motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) well we can't let him die i suppose Uh. (laughs) yeah so and i love that the bibliophile that you are also (laughs) would not allow a book to become damaged right like (laughs) no save the book (laughs) (laughs) screw his hand save the book oh yeah my hand was numb like prickly that like pins and needles oh man it was so cold oh yuck but yeah i like a couple months ago i would guess i started noticing that like just my energy was a little off which is part of the reason why i uh wanted to do the push-up challenge to raise money for saint jude Mm -hmm. and like i i wanted to put time into building a new workout routine like I, i wanted to get back into the gym the only thing that i've accomplished is push-ups and i've shifted some things in my diet not the only thing you've accomplished things that you have accomplished are thank you yeah because the last two months have been so stressful and like the holidays not really my favorite thing like i don't know why i don't have any like trauma around the holidays or anything they're just not something that i super enjoy this time of year like this year, like that's part of what's off. That's part of what I was not listening to was like, there's this, this sense of like, just wanting to be isolated and wanting to withdraw away and have kind of done a little bit of that. Not fully, not as much as my brain said it wanted to, but it's those kinds of little signals, little like mini red flags of like, Hey, this is not typically how I would respond to this situation or this is something that I thought I had worked through and was over or something in my body just doesn't feel right hopefully it goes away mm-hmm. well isn't that what we usually do mm-hmm. especially here in the U.S. where if you are underinsured or uninsured hell even if you have insurance the out-of-pocket costs on top of your monthly premium to your insurance company is exorbitant for most people yes and so I have one friend who's been yelling at me for a month to go to the doctor he's like you need to get your thyroid checked it's a whole thing Apparently, the thyroid is super important. It's in charge of so many things. It's in charge of, like, almost everything. It does a lot. It's so little. It's so little, but it's so important. Mm Mm-hmm. And and so... Just like you. Thanks. You bet. My director today, then, talked to me about thyroid issues and was like, I think you need to get it checked. Five minutes later, another colleague came in and said the same thing. And then my next client came in and they told me a whole story about their thyroid and how... It, like, was a magic change for them. I don't like how close thyroid is to hemorrhoid. And yet they're so far away physically. Thank you for making that joke. (laughs) Yes. So, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. It just, like, it feels like there are growing signs, Mm -hmm. like, flashing neon signs on my life's journey going, Hello, slow down. Check this shit out. Something is happening. Yes. I can totally hear you on that, you know, and even if you can't quite figure out like what it is that specifically needs your attention or a change or whatnot, because let's be honest, that can be a very long adventure. Oh, for sure. And potentially very expensive. True. Or even, you know, just like thinking through your own brain, like granting the time and the space and the effort to your own self to like think through like what Mm -hmm. is different in the last week. What is different in the last month? What is different in the last three months to try to help pinpoint 
like what what might be the thing that needs some attention that's a difficult thing to mm-hmm. even try to really like me trying to think about that even is like it's exhausting yeah i can't even tell you if two months is accurate i i'm just guessing oh because, yeah dude time means nothing still right like my sense of time especially like with covid and just how weird things have been for the last two years and then how stressful the last several months have been and how busy like mm-hmm. i can't i when my doctor asks me tomorrow when this started i'm not going to be able to give him an answer well i mean you, you could say like i really since, became aware of this since summer ended Right, right. Which, I mean, at least that's a gentle timeline. Yeah. I lost it. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're perfectly fine. Nope, I remembered. Isn't it strange how, like, we can remember timelines for, like, about or for other people? Oh, so But when it comes to our own selves, it's like, oh, no, time is a wimbly-wobbly thing, and it does not exist for me. Yeah. Do you want to know why that is? Sure. When we hear somebody else's story or their experiences, it's already organized chronologically, typically, or if not, we are able to provide our own context of what we know about that person to provide a more concrete shape to their Hmm. narrative for our own selves because we're the ones experiencing everything it gets a little disjointed and it can be if you're not mindful if you're not practicing intentional awareness of your daily surroundings and experiences and if you're not um like for me my mindfulness is out the door so could that be like writing in a diary every day yeah it could be journaling it could be like once a week or something yeah yeah Yeah, which i do not do I've gotten totally out of it as well. But it, it provides your brain a, a more concrete way of sure. organizing that information. Oh, that totally makes sense. Now, it organizes information for us already, in naturally. In a special way. But when a lot of things are going on and we're high stress or high anxiety or we're mm-hmm. depressed or we're sick, because of how the nervous system and the brain have to kind of shift energy to deal with those situations, the brain's organizational capacity kind of takes a hit because we're like well, let's not take a survival anxiety. need is it right exactly to survive a stressful situation or a traumatic situation let's say the last thing you need is clarification in the moment of what's going on <laughs> yeah your nervous system you, your neocortex reverts down to either the limbic the midbrain or the reptile brain the the bottom part of the brain where it's all instinct Mm-hmm. And there is no organizational thought capacity. So yeah, you get to survive that stressful situation. But when you look back on it, after you've worked through that, after you've come through that emotional release or or emotional experience or stressful experience, to reflect back on that can be disorganizing because it is quite literally disorganized. So that's where activities like journaling or therapy where you talk through things or even having a friend to talk through things with are organizational and therapeutic um, activities. Uh, For me personally, I'm not sure if talking to you is organizational because I usually just... Verbal diarrhea unconsciously, unconsciously. Ah, fair, fair, fair. Cool, cool, cool. Tight, tight. It helps your brain sift things into categories, whether you're aware of it or not. It's like a gold rush in my memory banks. And I'm panning the gold. That's right. You only get the juicy nuggets. (laughs) No, I want the little flakes too. Well, you get, uh, sweetheart, you get all the flaky, Melissa. You can handle. Hey, you are anything but a flake. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, I, I try to be because I feel like people deserve that. Yeah. respect of mm-hmm. being able to count on you when you say of course you would do something i'm not great at it all the time that's for goddamn sure well and i think that's where the conversation about boundaries could come in that we oh, need to lord sake sometimes we have sometimes it's okay to flake sometimes yeah. it's okay to say i can't do this mm-hmm. listening to, Listen your, to body. your body it's like yes oh man oh i did want to share something that i'm kind of proud about because you mentioned it earlier we talked about a year ago sad seasonal affective disorder yes i wanted to ask you about that yeah Mm -hmm. so here we are again in the time of melissa's demise it's not my demise but you know what i mean um i really i struggle when there is nine nine hours of sunlight a day Mm -hmm. you know and when you're working inside and uh you know how much of it do you even get right right so first of all i bought myself a happy light that's literally the trademark name. Um, <laughs> it, it has not arrived yet or anything, but, you know, like Cyber Monday deals. I went, fuck yeah, I'm going to try this bitch. Um, so I'm excited about that. 
a happy light is uh, like a, a vitamin D light, if mm-hmm. you will. And nowadays they are very safe. There's, you know, the UVA, UVB. They have the safer UV. Hmm. I don't remember which one that is, A or B. But I don't know. Any Hoosiers. I'm waiting for that to arrive. But also like something that in listening to my body that I've figured out because I don't have great eating habits. Like I don't eat breakfast. I don't really eat lunch. I might eat like a little snackaroony during the work day. Um, but then I get home and I am ravenous and I will just shovel food into my face until I feel disgusting. Hmm. Not great. Mm-hmm. Now that's not every day, but it's more often than not. And after I eat, especially if it's not something healthy-ish, my body's like, okay, hibernate now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so usually I do. And in the last, I would say for the last probably like month after I would eat that one big meal in the evening, I would take a nap. And it's not just like a, a nap. I'm talking like I would fall asleep from six until 830. That's an Whoa. evening gone. And like, yeah. you're supposed to go to bed in two hours, girl. Right. You know, not great because then I'm staying up until midnight, 1, 2 a.m. So... I'm trying to listen to my body, figure out, because I know that like the whole improper, not improper, my unbalanced eating habits definitely contribute. And Mm -hmm. I understand that that's going to take a whole lot of work and I'll get to that sooner or later. Mm -hmm. But what I've done and I'm proud of myself because it's working is knowing that my body needs a nap. So instead of just allowing myself to fucking fall asleep hard and drool on my nice pillow that I shouldn't be sleeping on because it's a decorative pillow. (laughs) I need to figure a way to get drool marks out of it. (laughs) I got you. Thank you. I set an alarm so that I only allow myself 45 minutes, not two and a half hours Mm -hmm. of slumber. So instead of wasting, like not wasting. So instead of waking up and realizing that two and a half hours are now gone, from my at home time right only 45 and i feel even more refreshed than i do if i sleep for two and a half hours after eating because by waking yourself up at 45 minutes i would argue 30 to 35 you would probably Mm -hmm. feel a little more refreshed even you're not allowing your sleep cycle to dip all the way down into REM sleep and some of those deeper levels of sleep you're getting the refreshing element of sleep which is why short naps are Right. And these are things that I've read, of course, you know, but that's also like, isn't it absolutely human nature to be like reading something? You're like, yeah, that totally makes sense for other people. Uh I'm different. I'm special. I'm a magical little flower that needs something different. Uh -uh. Not usually. Usually you're very much alike to your fellow humans. So anyway, I've been very proud because, first of all, I'm not going to bed at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. When I shouldn't be doing that. And you know, like I'm still able to get things done. So good. That's, that's a good feeling. Like, it, it is. It's, so I'm listening and I know sometimes it feels like my body and my brain speak different languages. Mm-hmm. So we're learning to communicate together. And cooperate. Yes. So I know that this is probably, I suspect this will be something that our very loved and special guest will discuss. But when it comes to food, there mm-hmm. are so many philosophies on how and what we should eat oh yeah and we're bombarded with them all the goddamn time and, I'm and not new even year's is around the corner and it's dieting. gonna be horrible Ugh, yeah. oh yeah no but i mean like you know you should try this or this or this or right like keto know. or whatever um intermittent fasting oh pff, that's just eating when you're like that, uh, whatever. Off mic, I have a story to tell you. Okay. Okay. But that reminded me when I was at my um, counseling internship, I worked for a therapist who her specialization was in eating disorders. Okay. And one thing that she taught me was intuitive eating. So eating what your body is asking for, when it's asking for it, and eating it slowly enough that your body actually recognizes that you're full. So not eating because it's in front of you, eating to the point of, okay, now I am not hungry. And it's really tricky because you have to retrain your body. That's what I was just going to say is like all of those things that you just mentioned, 
each step of that would yes. be at least a three month journey of me trying to change uh-huh. what I've done for 36 fucking years. Exactly. Exactly. But she made it sound like an easy fucking three step system oh, there. No, no, no. It's, it's that a synapses whole did, thing. I should say. But there yeah, dude. S- like the book for it to get like trained in it is probably as big, if not bigger, than my EMDR training book. There are, I think, 10 steps and you go through them at your own pace preferably with a therapist involved <laughs> yeah um so you don't accidentally like trigger an eating disorder and then just don't eat or something but like the idea and i know it's kind of controversial in some circles like i know an eating disorder uh reddit groups that i'm a part of or used to be a part of there were a lot of people that really felt like that was actually a worse way for them to respond to their eating and disorders maybe for them it certainly was. Yeah. Yeah. So I know it's not for everybody, but for some people, some people find that makes sense for where they're at. It makes sense for how they are attuned or not attuned to their body. It's one of many options. Man, and like, isn't it? It's so interesting and wild to me how intrinsic food is for us as beings. Of course, basic of all, it is our literal sustenance for survival. It's our fuel. Yes, that off the bat. But then as human beings who have evolved, not only have we taken it to become an art form Mm -hmm. and uh, something that like is distinguished and people study and people spend careers doing. And there's also the science behind food and how it is a fuel and how different bodies react to different Mm -hmm. kinds of fuel Mm -hmm. and how bodies can run on the different varieties. Yeah. But also, we use it as a... Comfort? A, well, sure, sure. We also use it as a comfort, but we also use it as a modicum of control in a world that oh, has evolved yes. where most sometimes we feel so out of control mm-hmm. that the one thing that we know that we can is food. What we do or do not eat and when and how and why. Yes. Isn't that wild? And there are so many things connected to food as well. Because like, um, I guess what I'm talking about has just been encompassed in those four bubbles I just put out there. But like, then you think about people with diabetes or mm -hmm. severe allergies, like food is all encompassing for us Mm -hmm. as beings. And in so many intrinsic ways, like they're all interconnected. Mm -hmm. And and it's it's such a point of joy, but still a point of terror for some people, you know? Yeah, it's such a pleasure to eat something that is just exactly what your particular taste buds love Mm -hmm. and your dopamine receptors light up for. But it's also tricky because, like you said, for some of us, it's a source of terror, of weight gain or negative health outcomes or adverse mm-hmm. health outcomes. I mean, it, it is very complicated. I just found out today that there are doctors in our state. There is, I believe, one. And it's it's called functional medicine, I believe, which is more of a, a, a much more preventative approach than a reactive approach. And one of the sort uh, one of the assessments, evaluations that this uh, physician offers is they will actually do a full gut biome analysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where they actually take like a stool sample. Yeah. And they can tell you based on that, like what types of foods you need to increase and decrease, what your body on a chemical level needs. And people have reported feeling vastly different after making some of these adjustments. So I've heard, no, I'm slightly skeptical about that because there are those like food allergy tests that like it's basically the same thing. Oh, but those, right. the ones that you like send away for? Yeah. Yeah. Those are bullshit. Literally. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Because um, when I was getting my food allergy diagnosis, I was looking into those. They're not very accurate at all yeah that's your allergist should be the one doing the testing also um have you heard of people doing the heritage diet where you find out where like where your heritage originated from ancestors most likely right and what they ate yeah no this is looking at like what nutrients your body has or is in deficiency sure um then just randomly and also realizing that we are at an hour 10. Oh my God. I know, boo. You know that you mentioned taste buds. Yeah. When you learned about taste buds, what image popped into your brain? The color-coded sections of the tongue that supposedly Perfect. were responsible for different Do taste sensors. Do you know that that's all a lie? So I just listened to a podcast about this. Ooh. 
So the scientist who did the research originally drew a diagram that was kind of like that. Hmm. And then almost like, I want to say, 80 to 100 years later, like nobody paid attention to his, nobody believed him with his taste bud okay. experiments. Okay. Almost 80 to 100 years later, somebody else decided to be like, oh, hey, I found this thing. I'm just going to recreate it. <gasps> didn't redo any of the exper experiments, didn't follow any like scientific matter. He just redrew it and, and made assumptions from this 80-year-old diagram. That's bad science. And that's what we all fucking learned in elementary school. And it's, it's so been wrong. disproven, but it's yes. what we still know. Because your taste buds are everywhere. Everywhere. Like yeah. they're totally distributed. There's not mm -hmm. like I remember as a kid, like I would try so hard to put like I was obsessed yes. with Mary Poppins and I took it I took the song so literally a spoonful of sugar. Good God. Uh-huh. I would <laughs> insist on a teaspoonful of sugar if I had to take a pill because in my brain helps that somehow go helped. Down. It took me until I was probably 13 to the realize that was not of naivety or a different brain naivety because i think about all the times that i was like oh melissa like, you sweet sweet you baby child so literally come on oh for real but i i remember one of those times where my parents probably were just like fine have a spoonful of sugar i mean how much sugar do you think was in dimatap because that shit tasted go rate grape it tasted go rape <laughs> <laughs> i hated that i did not hate it oh i can taste it I have the sense memory of that grape flavor. Blech, disgusting. 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 <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, I literally like took my textbook and like tried to put. Where the sweet receptors, yes, quote unquote, were. Yes, tried to put the spoonful of sugar on that. And I was like, hmm, I can taste it. And my it's parents were like. even sweeter. You done? <laughs> Go to bed. <laughs> that was $85 that you just spoon fed yourself. Great. So I know you have been taking notes. Yeah. What else would you like to add before we wrap up for the day? Um, that if I would have listened to my body and my mind better, I don't think that it would have been sitting on top of my stairs feeling like I was dying. Because oh. I feel like that was a ripple that ended up in a tidal wave. And like my normal uh -huh. stress level and everything else, uh -huh. I allowed I allowed too much space for when I should have been like, I know my world is crazy and I know I have a lot going on. I need a goddamn motherfucking reprieve. Which I did not allow myself because I had to get this fucking thing accomplished. Anyway, that was one thing on my list. Also, one thing that's totally really not on topic, but I just watched a video and I hope and I wish and I would enjoy very much if more people would do it. I know it was like almost a quote unquote trend, hmm. but period pain simulators. Yes. For people who don't experience periods. Yes. So what's the word I'm looking for? Like gratifying fulfilling um validating. validating it's fucking validating to have somebody else experience it and like we go people who experience periods and it's mind you it's a vast spectrum of what it could be right. because some people especially those with endometri endometriosis thank you where it is horrific and i mean that in Ooh, the yeah. literal description and definition of mm -hmm. the word pain mm -hmm. for me personally it could be as light as like somebody was flicking raisins at my womb too. I literally cannot get out of bed and I'm weeping from the pain. I've experienced that whole spectrum once a month. And the thing of it is, is like, we still got to fucking get up, go yeah. to work, go to be the grocery human. store, clean the house, take care of whatever. And it's, it could be for one or two days or it could be for a full week. Mm -hmm. Oh shit. I remember one time I had my period for 14 days. No, it was longer. What was it, Jacob? Wasn't it like, 21 days Ooh, your girl her insides be all up in themselves <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know where to end that sentence because bodies are weird mm -hmm. and trying to listen to them can be difficult but anyway period pain simulators because it's so interesting now granted like people who have never experienced a period before don't have anything to base that kind of sensation off of right and it can be very you know like obviously alarming because that part of your body has never felt anything akin yeah, to this. There isn't anything there for most of us who have not experienced a period. Yeah. But like the cramping is only one part mm -hmm. of menstruation, you right. know, then right. you also have bloating and mood swings, but also like when you are in physical pain and you're trying so hard to not focus on that, 
and you're still trying to do your daily business, like it's no wonder that you get a short response or we're not as quippy and funny Mm -hmm. because we are literally trying to do the same random fucking bullshit that we do every day, but while enduring a level of constant pain. Mm-hmm. Well, think about the people who are living with chronic pain already and then have a period. The yeah. fuck, my dude. So anyway, period pain simulators. Get onto YouTube, watch some videos because it's really entertaining and validating. And if you get the chance, I would highly suggest that if you are a person who does not experience periods, I'm not asking you to like turn it up to 20. Just go with like a five. Experience it for five minutes at least. And then recognize that that's something that people deal with for a full day up to a full week at varying levels that are probably higher and lower than that Mm -hmm. and then listen to your body and try to figure out and then when people make fucking period jokes i'm like and you've never experienced it because it's usually the ride off oh yeah it's totally sexist Mm -hmm. yeah well if you pissed out nut juice while your balls were clapping themselves like the same polarized magnets you know how they Mm-hmm. Yeah. In your pants. All of the time. Mm-hmm. For a day or more. And you had to figure out how to just, like, deal with that. Then I'll, then I would allow you a period joke. It's still a way to belittle women and people who have periods. Yeah. So. Anyway. Just no more period jokes. How about that? Not, dude. There's so much more to joke about people. Oh, my Expand God. Expand your horizons. For real. And if you have so little compassion, empathy, or understanding for another human being that you just have to joke about them fuck right off work on yourself i shouldn't say fuck right off i should say fuck right off into therapy (laughs) (laughs) yes i hope one day you are in a situation where you wish others would show you empathy Hmm. and i hope you grow from that well said otherwise fuck the right off anyway you can check us out everywhere you know how to find us it's yeah. in the comments below or in the description below. Oh, yeah, because Jacob's going to edit this one and he actually like does stuff like that where yeah. I always fucking forget. Oh, you're really good. And I love like I remember seeing it for the first time. I went, God damn it. Jacob's so smart. <laughs> the beautiful and talented Jennifer Bate is the one who not only created our logo and cover art, but gave me the idea to do that. Oh, she's our intelligent muse. She really is. I'm excited to see her in two weeks. Hell yeah, for our definitely not a murder mystery party. Definitely not a murder mystery party. I'm super excited for that. Ooh, when we travel next week, we should hit up some big old thrift stores. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) we sure can. I'll take you to the magic one. (gasps) Hell yeah. Okay, email us sometime. That would be great. Follow us if you want to. Um, If you want to grant us some money and get a cute thing, awesome. If nothing else, the most important thing is to remember that you, you are loved. And you are so worthy of being loved. We We love love you. you. Bye. Bye. Listen to that body. Uh, That's how I end it. (laughs)